0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Plus Ultra. My name is Max Newland.
1: I'm Emily Linders.
0: And this is the show where we talk about the new hit. An- can we still call it new?
1: I mean, it's 2016, it came out, so yeah. It's,
0: it came out last year. It's relatively new. We're talking about the new ish hit anime, My Hero Academia, or Boku no Hero Academia, if you prefer. I'm personally name agnostic.
1: Yeah, I don't really care either way.
0: Today we watched the episode, Episode Three, Roaring Muscles. Or at least I watched it today, just like literally just now.
1: I Yeah, I was just watching it a few minutes ago. <laughs>
0: so this is a really good one. It opens with uh, sort of a brief introduction to All Might, like like Deku reading off his Wikipedia article or whatever, basically. Uh, and then it transitions into a really smooth recap of episodes one and two. And right before we go to the intro, uh, De- All Might drops on Deku. The fact that he has decided that Deku is worthy of his power and will inherit his quirk, which Deku does not get at all. And then it's time for the (laughs) intro. Can I say this intro, like doing the show, makes me miss this first intro a lot? It
1: does, yeah. It's so good. A super hype intro. Not that the other intros aren't cool, but like this one was like
0: This one's amazing. Like
1: it made you wanna like go run five miles.
0: Dude, this intro gives me some like mid two thousands post hardcore feelings. You know what I mean?
1: It makes me think of like Dragon Ball Z intros. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like Pantera did this. Oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Day by Pantera. Yes. Fav- I
1: mean, Pantera does do anime intros.
0: My favorite part. Wait, what?
1: Yeah, Pantera did the Dragon Ball Z intro for. Are one you of the
0: fucking stairs. joking? No, I'm not joking. How did I not? I do a podcast about Dragon Ball Z, and I did not know <laughs> this. Yeah. Oh, the bo- the boys at Zenkai Boost are gonna be are gonna love hearing about this. Thanks for that. Yes.
1: Now, now you have me second guessing myself, but I'm like ninety percent sure Pantera did an opening, so I'm gonna just double check that. I'll fully but, buy it. Yes.
0: They, they fucking did music for Spongebob, so whatever.
1: Yep, exactly. Okay, yeah, they did do uh, an opening.
0: I'm freaking out about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, this in- my favorite part of this intro is um, after the bridge, when it jumps back into the chorus and we see All Might beating up Nomu. And the reason I loved that part so much is when I was first watching this show, like the first time through it, I, I figured that must, be the guy, that must be the guy All Might's talking about in yeah. episode two, when he reveals his injury. That must have been him. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's kind of what I was, I was like, oh man, is that like the villain? The big one? No.
0: So this show knew, knows how to handle expectations very well, I think is the object lesson there. And we get back into the episode, and Deku is still really struggling with this idea of inheriting a quirk, what that means. And All Might puts it pretty simply, you have the choice, you can inherit my power or not. What do you want? Uh, and, and he sort of goes into a little bit about how he's never, like, anytime he's on an interview or whatever, he never gives a straight answer about what his quirk is. And Deku reveals that all the folks on the message boards have been trying to figure it out, but nobody can guess it. Which leads All Might to give us a brief description of One for All. which was the first time he ever uses its name. And he describes it as a sacred torch that's been passed along from holder to holder, and uh, a-, a cultivated power that grows every time it's passed on. Which is super cool, I've never really heard of a superpower being treated in this way before.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's, like, any others that I've seen where it's, like, I can give you my power because more... Well, not so much, like, somebody giving them the power, but, like, a lot of, like, Western stuff. Like, one of the things that inspired Deku's character is, like, some western comics like spider-man was the main inspiration for deku and by the he's way very much peter parker yeah
0: you can see that all over this fucking yeah. show like this deku is so peter parker that it hurts sometimes he's like and
1: horikoshi even like confirmed that that spider-man was like his biggest inspiration for making that character like the fact that he's like nerdy he doesn't have a power but he acquires it later on he's bullied by everybody like all that stuff So,
0: and if you, the whole show has that kind of great power, great responsibility ethos to it, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, we we get a a little glimpse (laughs) of one of what I think is one of Deku's funniest little character traits. Uh, that he never abandons. He still does this in, you know, two thirds oh. of the way through season two when he just starts really, really, like, mm-hmm. getting way inside his own head about something. And, yeah. <laughs> and they put the little mutter, 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 mutter uh, onomatopoeia up all over the screen. And All Might mm-hmm. has to snap him out, which I think it's really funny. He yells at Deku, quit nerding out. And he yep. yells that when he yells that he looks at the camera as if he's lo- saying it to us as well, <laughs> which I love. I didn't even think about that. All Might's line here is really great. And it kind of, his, it's his whole thing is that like, he's very, very good at, he's not a great teacher, but he's good at taking a complex idea and making a soundbite out of it. And he says to Deku, adjust your reality and accept this new truth. I can pass on my quirk to others. That's it. And oh, by the way, Deku's already crying again.
1: <laughs> he cries all the fucking
0: time. This show, op- oh the episode God. opens with like tears falling out of his eyes and snot coming out of his nose. He's been crying for the entire runtime of the episode already. Uh, <laughs> they move the scene to Dagobah Municipal Beach, which should sound familiar to most of you. Probably. Uh, all Might <laughs> is sort of explaining to Deku that this beach is super dirty. Like you can see, there's like literally piles and piles and piles of trash all over the place. And he's talking about how. Uh any trash that people dump winds up here on this beach. So your task as as a hero, an aspiring hero, is to do some good work for the community and clean it up. And they turn that into his sort of workout plan for the next ten months, which All Might has uh condensed consolidated into a material unit he calls the Aim to Pass American Dream Plan. <laughs> I feel like we should point out that All Might is not an American man in this series. He is, in fact, a Japanese person.
1: Yeah, he's pretty much like Hirokoshi if he was like a superhero, because he's supposed to like All Might speaks in a lot of like English terms, just like random phrases and stuff. And he's got the color palette of like Superman, kind of like mean... someone
0: we'll meet later on in the episode, someone who speaks in random English phrases all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, this oh is. Oh my god. This is the first scene where um we sort of start to v- th- like Horikoshi's pulling the curtain back a little bit about what the world is like, you know? Um All Might mm-hmm. mentions that he was alive before quirks were a thing and how back in that day it was all about, you know, what good you could do for your community. Heroes were just people were just normal people who went above, you know, above and beyond to help others and how, you know, the the modern hero is, you know, it's it's become all about fame and money, but you gotta remember the real stuff. And we also get another one of the main themes of the show here. Deku says, uh, when when All Might passes him the aim to pass American Dream Plan, Deku's looking over it, it's like four pages, it's huge. And Deku says, I have to work way harder than anyone else to pass. So sure. And that idea about him having to work harder than everyone else to achieve the same goals is uh a major, major, major theme, even still in the second season. Uh, even now that he's, you know managing his quirk a little bit better than he did at the very beginning. Yeah. So we move into a brief uh, montage of Deku cleaning trash and getting distracted in class and you know, his mom cooking like three separate meals for him so he can keep working out. Um, Some of the funny things, there's a lot of like funny background stuff with all might in this part. Um, Usually all might is like mostly in his small form when he's helping Deku train. And yeah. uh, it, with a few exceptions, like there's an, a scene where Deku's swimming laps out in the ocean and All Might is fully, fully yolked out and a bunch of fangirls come over and try to talk to him and he gets distracted. Um, at the end of this montage, there is a really, really cool shot that is very iconic, I think, of Deku sort of giving All Might a piggyback ride, which calls back to the name of this place, Dagoba Municipal Beach. Emmy, you did some research on names, so I know that there is some meaning there, right?
1: Uh, probably. I, I've been, there's a lot of like meaning to like everything here. I know that there are a lot of Star Wars references throughout the show.
0: This one is a particularly important one because Dagobah is the planet where Luke trained with uh, Yoda.
1: Yeah, and he has to carry him on his back, and he you know. fucking
0: carries his teacher on his back, just like this scene. Yeah. That had to be intentional on Horikoshi's part. If not, it's like the most amazing coincidence ever.
1: It probably was. I don't know if there was like anything beyond because I was trying to see like while he was training if there was like anything else about it that reminded me of Star Wars, but not really. I've they're all they're always like just like small things, so that way you don't get too caught up in it. I suppose.
0: The next, like, real scene we get is Deku on a jog carrying a big safe and a tiny All Might on a Segway <laughs> next to him, which is like an in a image trench that... trench coat. Yeah, and like a coat that's five sizes too big for him. It's an image that sticks with me, him on that Segway, which makes I'm me... Like, okay. if,
1: you don't, if you want to be, like, discreet, why are you wearing a trench coat on a Segway? Like,
0: I, I, I don't know. I guess he's banking on the fact that he's so radically different looking that nobody would recognize him probably but he kind of blows that cuz deku collapses here and he starts to ad- all might starts to admonish him saying what are you giving up or what um and he realizes that no deku's just been overtraining he's been like adding in extra workouts and taking out um you know sleep time which we ad- we adults know you can't do that <laughs> yeah that's, that's very bad that's bad for your body and so All Might sees again in Deku the thing that he saw originally that made him, you know, think, oh, this kid's worthy. And so he he redoubles his efforts. He decides he's going to make a new workout plan for Deku so that he doesn't hurt himself and he's ready in time. And sure enough, the next scene we get is the amazing, super iconic shot of Deku standing on top of oh. the giant trash mountain doing his Tarzan yell. Yes. And All Might surveys the beach. And, like, there's no garbage anywhere. So he only asked Deku to clean up, like, a small section of the beach. Deku cleaned up the whole beach.
1: <sighs> and this was my, okay, my favorite part. Aside Same. from Deku screaming on top of the trash.
0: I know where you're All going Might already. in the
1: Japanese version. Like, yes. the English version did not capture this as well, but the Japanese, he just goes, oh my goodness. And like, as he says goodness, he pops back into his big All Might form.
0: Can I say, I think I love what the English dub did with it, though. <sighs> oh my God. Because in the English can- dub, he goes, holy stinking super crap. And when he says super crap, he turns into big All Might.
1: I know, it's still funny, but I was just like, oh my goodness, and it just like pops back and I lost my shit.
0: Like, he I just... does it so fast, like it's just, it's like three frames, the transition. I was like, what the hell just happened? But, okay, so there's something significant going on here too, I think, in the fact that he decides to give Deku this speech and like pass on his power while he is in his big form. Yeah, I think there's something significant there, and it might just have to do with, like, showing Deku, like, this is it. This is what you're getting. Like, look at me. (laughs) Look at me. Look at your hand. Look back at me. I'm on a horse. (laughs) He's he's giving him, like, he's saying, look, this is what you're getting. This is the package right here. Uh, He shows Deku a mean picture he took of him ten months ago where he was on the ground crying.
1: (laughs) Crying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again so, with the crying.
0: So it's like a before and after kind of thing. Um,
1: he's like, "Look at you. This was you as a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're, you're still a wimp, but you're just a wimp that can punch things harder."
0: So at this point, All Might's theme starts playing as he sort of starts preparing Deku for what he's about, what's about to happen, and what he <laughs> says to him is a very poignant line. And I wrote it down in the English dub. I don't know what it is in the sub titles but in the english dub he says someone told me this once there's a difference between being lucky and being deserving one is one is ah, oh shit one's one's one is chance and the other is a reward or something like that and as he's doing this he plucks a single hair out of one of his giant bunny ears and <laughs> I th- I already knew where this was going. Did you already know where this was going the first time? Yeah, you I was it? like,
1: don't do this. Don't Please, do that. Don't no. do that.
0: And he sort of like the music is swelling and there's this big orchestral climax happening as All, All Might sort of hands his hair over to Deku. <laughs> and then there's this great shot of All Might holding the hair. It's like the hair is between All Might and the camera and he's shot from below and he just says, "Eat this."
1: Eat this.
0: (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) But now that I'm thinking about it, it would have been super weird to do it basically any other way.
1: Like an an enema or something? (laughs) I was just thinking
0: to give him the DNA in any other way would have been super weird.
1: The Detroit smash. (laughs) Gross, (laughs) Amy. No. (laughs) No. That's what nasty. I meant by that was, like, the enema. He has to you reali- smash it into him. Yeah,
0: I know. That's what you meant.
1: <laughs> Not in any other way. You no. realize that,
0: like, Deku All Might is one of, like, is like a huge ship online. Like, people Ew, really ship this. I disgusting. know, dude. It's fucked up. Deku's 16. That's gross. He, he,
1: I think he's 15. Yeah,
0: he's a kid. Regardless. Either way. He's a He's a minor.
1: Kid. And this is, like, a 35 to 40 year old man. I think he's
0: older than that. I think All Might's uh, uh, older than he lets on.
1: Yeah, he's. I, I don't know how old he actually is, but geez, I mean, well, okay, you see like later on in the series, you see his mentor, so I don't think All Might's
0: that old. Ooh, ooh, I'm so glad you brought up All Might's mentor, because I think All Might's mentor is the one who said this line to him that he just said to Deku, there's a difference between being lucky and being deserving. I'm thinking that he's, he gets that from the previous one-for-all holder. Possibly. Possibly. We don't know yet. We We still have learned next to nothing about the previous one for all holder uh, yeah. before all might. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched to find out more about that. Um, so Deku eats the hair <laughs> uh, and the next scene is him arriving at UA for the entrance exam. And he meets Bakugo who is very, he's
1: very Bakugo, he's
0: extremely Bakugo. But Deku Thanks notices that he's you. been, that, uh, you know, kachan has been taking it a little easier on him since that day.
1: Yeah, it's true. He hasn't like said a word to
0: him. <laughs> gives us a peek into, I love all these little peeks we get into Bakugo's character. Like in the most recent episode, um, this is a very very light spoiler, but I don't think it makes too much of a difference. The very the, the most recent episode deals with the final exam at UA,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it shows you all of the UA uh, students, uh, like position in terms of their test scores. Bakugo yeah, Bakugo got number three. Yep, he did better than Deku. The only two people in the class who did better than him are the two people who are, like, so insanely good at school that <laughs> that it's, like, weird that they're in the same class as the rest of these fools.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, just speaking of Bakugo's character, did you know that he was originally supposed to be, like, just this super intelligent, quiet character that... Unknowingly said insults to people because he was just really blunt with them and wasn't actually trying to be mean, but the producers thought it was going to be really boring. So they were like, no, just make him a douche on purpose.
0: And I think it's so, so much more interesting in that way because yeah. that sort of defines like a big part of the show's like feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I've heard people just compare the show to pro wrestling a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think. Everybody's the fact,
1: got their own little like stick.
0: Yeah, they all are super, super buy on their own kayfabe. That's what that's apparently what they call it in the wrestling community. The the character you play is your kayfabe, and Bakugo is such an obvious heel. He's like just the biggest heel ever, yeah. unapologetically. And he's a it, what makes his character attractive as a viewer is the same thing that makes Macho Man Randy Savage and Stone Cold Steve Austin attractive as characters. You know what I mean? Like they're like, who is this? flagrant asshole why is he so over the top and why do i love him so much
1: i like that like if he was an asshole and he was stupid i would probably not like him as much but the fact that he actually knows what he's talking about and Mm -hmm. he's an asshole okay this makes him way more interesting (laughs) yeah um like oh he's way more analytic than people give him credit for in the show and this is where
0: this is where we also meet the best the the best girl in the best best girl in anime history
1: whose name I will never say correctly.
0: I it's well we don't even know her name yet so that's fine. Um she Deku's on his way in and he's psyching himself up and then he trips and really badly over <laughs> literally his own foot. Um but he stops falling out of nowhere and he looks up and there is a young lady standing next to him who apparently stopped his fall and she's very very sweet and says, "Oh, I'm sorry I didn't I didn't ask first but I figured you wouldn't mind me saving you from falling."
1: He's saving you from crushing your nose into the pavement. No problem.
0: And then she tries to make small talk with him, and he's completely unable to, but she doesn't seem to take it as a slight at all. And she just says, good luck, and runs, runs off into the building. Uh, and then Deku's... <laughs> okay, this line is perfect in the English dub, and I'm sure it's very funny in the subtitles, but in the English dub, Deku thinks to himself, holy woe, I talked to a girl...
1: And then you think to yourself, "You didn't even really talk to her
0: well, the, a fucking the text shows up at the bottom that says, "Didn't actually say anything."
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that <laughs>
0: um, and then it's right from that onto the uh, orient the exam orientation classroom, where we meet the voice hero present Mike, one of my favorite u a teachers. <laughs> He's the guy Are you I mentioned ready? earlier. He fucking, in the in English, it's so funny to watch the English dub because sometimes they have to, like, change the gratuitous English he uses because it's not the way a normal, like, an English speaker would use that Yeah, English. exactly. So it's really funny to watch the Japanese dub where he's screaming a lot of English phrases and then come back to the English dub where he's saying different things, but he's still screaming them very loudly in that <laughs> voice. They did a really Pretty good much. job voice matching, I think.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that bad. You know, this there is was something sp- that. Something he said in the most recent episode that was all in English, and I like I laughed so hard. Yeah, yeah, I dude. remember what it was. He but... says, "Yeah, dummy,"
0: something like that.
1: It was just like out of nowhere, just like a full. What are you long doing, sentence. girl? Ha. Huh? So, yeah, that's yeah. That was like what it was. It was like, "Girl, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Excuse wow. me, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> what'd you say?" Oh, I love his character. He's this, so
0: by the way, in there. this first appearance, and I think in the rest of the first season, he was voiced by Sonny Strait, who. You may recognize from Dragon Ball Z as the voice of Krillin.
1: Oh my god! Also,
0: this is the one that really f- fucked me up. Full Metal Alchemist—he was Maze Hughes.
1: I—I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch all of Full. You didn't Metal watch Alchemist. Full Metal
0: Alchemist? <laughs> no, I Fucking, think I watched we were, like two episodes. We're the same age. We were in the same high school graduating class, and you did not watch Full Metal Alchemist?
1: No, I watched like a couple episodes, and then. Never watched.
0: That. You're like the anime fan of the two of us. <laughs> anyway, I'll give you, I'll give you shit about that later. You should watch Full Laka. <laughs> it's really good. Um, this scene is funny for a number of reasons. Deku and Bakugo are sitting right next to each other, which that had to be Deku's call, right? Like, yeah. Like Bakugo sat down and nobody wanted to sit next to him. And then Deku's like, oh, it's my friend. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, to, I kind of want to like, see that scene.
1: And of course, Bakugo's just like. <sighs> whatever. 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 God.
0: But, but Bakugo does say something that's a little bit telling here. Present Mike is giving them the rundown. Um, the, the exam is going to take place in a number of pre-constructed, like, city models. And everyone gets a number that puts them in a different city model. Um, and it's not sequential.
1: <gasps> yes, and I know where you're going with this.
0: Yes, and Bakugo says, I see. So they, they did this so that we won't be matched up with our friends in the test. Ostensibly referring to Deku as his friend.
1: I know. I was like, "You just called him your friend." We
0: like, just got to peek behind the curtain there. I was like, "Say that again for the people in the back." Yeah. Hey, one more time. <laughs> one more time, Katja. You want to give me that? Um, but at, immediately after that, he he Deku's like looking at their two at their registration cards because apparently they registered one right after the other. Um, Deku's looking at their registration cards and Bakugo growls, get your eyes off my card, Deku.
1: <laughs> you steam broccoli bitch. <laughs> like
0: I was just thinking about look- how he
1: looks like steam broccoli.
0: <laughs> we also meet another one of their future classmates in this scene. Oh my god. One of my favorite kids in this whole Precious damn show. citizen. Uh, as present Mike is running through the rules of the exam, uh, they're going to release three different types of robot villain. Um, they're worth one, two and three points respectively. You got to kill as many as you can get a high score. Um, a, a, a very upright citizen stands up and says, excuse me, sir. Basically, uh, the, the test papers say there's four types. So is this a mistake? And if it's a mistake, then you should be ashamed of yourself because we're the best students in the country. It's great
1: oh my god he has he has like no chill about that at all he's to- just like shame on this institution <laughs> shame he on says, you shame on your family shame says, on your
0: cow with all due respect if this is a mistake it is shameful
1: and fuck you
0: damn god tanya um
1: he just his- dadded everybody in the entire room
0: <laughs> uh, to his credit Oh, shit! I I forgot about this. He then calls Deku out in front of everybody while he has the floor. (laughs) He says, you with the unkempt hair, you are muttering.
1: He's like, you will not shut the fuck up through this entire presentation.
0: Steamed broccoli boy.
1: I'm gonna need you to shut your mouth. He's like, I'm sorry.
0: Funny detail here is that when the camera cuts back to Deku after he says that, all the students behind him are laughing. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Present Mike takes this completely in stride as though he expected this to happen, and he reveals that the fourth villain type is actually more of a trap and it's not worth any points. Um, It's not that it is impossible to defeat it, but there's not really a reason to defeat it. So, just run away. And then there's some crosstalk, and one of the kids says, this whole thing's kind of like a video game, huh? Huh. Hmm. 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 The only way it would have been more hmm is if the kid had said this is kind of, this whole thing's kinda of like a comic book.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Man, this is like one of those mangas.
1: They referenced later too, like in the second season, like the video game stuff. Um, referencing mm-hmm. like MP like magic power versus yes. like your HP and stuff, like They do that so many different times, referencing how, like, oh, this feels kind of like a video game, where this is your magic ability, and this is your endurance, and your stamina is drained, but, like, it's great. I love it.
0: One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the fact that we are, we and the people who are a little, like, two to three years older than us, uh, people who are, like, just entering their 30s, are sort of the first generation to really grow up with video games as, like, a normal and mainstream thing, and... Now video game literacy is sort of creeping into other mediums. And I think that's sort of what allows this kind of thing to happen. Like the, in the 90s, if you were doing a show like this and you used video game terminology as your exposition, part of your audience would have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Or, or 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 you know, the creator would probably not be savvy enough to understand, oh, MP, it's that. Um, and the last scene of the show is Deku standing at the starting gate. He's super, super freaked out and psyching himself up, and that's it. And and what I think is cool here is they actually use um, the intro of the credits music as the scene-setting song for this, so that when it cuts to the credits, it's very organic. And that's episode three. That's Roaring Muscles. Roaring Muscles. So you did a lot of research about the naming conventions in this show, and I know we haven't yes. really talked much about... The characters names yet so I'd, I'd love to get into this
1: oh my gosh, they're like this rabbit hole is so deep I had to like reel myself out of it <laughs> badly so hirokoshi was raised he speaks like fluent English and he was raised on a lot of like western like american style comic books and spider-man his, should we say by the way one.
0: this is this is the mangaka this is the guy who creates
1: yes, he created yeah. boku no Hiro Academia, my hero academia um and he wanted to create something with like a westernized feel to it so we have like all might and he's the symbol of peace every single one of his moves is named after a united states like state like a big state and can i tell you one of my favorite things one of his favorite moves like one of his big moves we've not seen it yet but it is like a move in his like just stash it's called the united states of smash and i laughed so hard
0: i Go- see, but the thing is, knowing the show,
1: States of Smash.
0: knowing the show, when he pull when he pops the cap on that bad boy and, and we see the United States of Smash, it's going to be such an emotionally impactful moment that I'm not going to be able to laugh about it.
1: I, I know. I feel like there's going to be like stars and stripes and eagles flying out Dude, everywhere. Just like I, I, heard- I read that and I was like, oh, my God, I need to draw a comic strip of something about the United States of Smash. But so like he his name all might um his actual name i won't i guess it doesn't really matter i mean if you go look up all might his wikipedia is going to tell you exactly what I don't name think is, his name is a
0: spoiler um it's the only reason we haven't really talked about it is because they're doing this fun little inversion of the sort of secret identity thing so yeah. it's not like a plot point what his name is
1: yeah but his name is yagi toshinori um the kanji that they use so i love the way that like kanji works and the way that you can interpret it and like it's like word art changes around yeah so he has the symbols for law which obviously he's like the symbol of the law and eight so something that you brought up to me before was you thought that it had eight in there as the eighth holder of one for all and conveniently enough uh, Midoriya has the symbol for nine in his name, so he's the ninth holder. But also, a couple interesting things about Midoriya's name. So, Izuku Midoriya, Midori means green in Japanese, and, and you may be he, familiar
0: with a liqueur called Midori.
1: Yes, and so his last name stands for Green Valley. Green. Nice. Using the kanji for green, they didn't used to have one for it. Like prior to World War II, they Wait, used what? the same. Yeah, prior to World War II, they were using the same kanji to describe like green and blue because they didn't really have like an identifier for green. They were both just kind of in the same color family. So when green had its own kanji developed, it also conveyed this representation of like freshness or newness. And what's interesting about that is that like the green kanji came from blue. All Might's outfit is primarily blue. Zuko's is primarily green, and he is going to be the new, fresh, like awakening of this power. So I was like, "What dude, the? Fuck? My brain is <laughs> like, getting
0: too wrinkled to handle this right now." Holy shit! So that's like, amazing.
1: On, that is amazing. I don't know if like he went that deep with developing this, but I hope he did. Hardy and then on strikes top of me as that, the kind of guy who would. So also within his name are the symbols for. Long ago, um, and something that kind of it, it's conveyed is, like, fr- coming from a specific place, like, in time or somewhere. So, like, hinting at the one-for-all power mm, coming mm, from mm. a very specific place a long time ago. Now That's he's cool. the ninth holder. Um, some of the other characters that we meet in the show... Ooh, did uh, we,
0: By the way, did we talk about what the deal is with Izuku and Deku and how that works? Because I think we should, this would be a good place to mention that.
1: Oh, no. What... so?
0: So the, the kanji that make up Izuku's first name, or, or what, we, I, I guess, I guess it's like, ugh, first name, last name, you, his individual name, not his family name. Um, The kanji that make it up, you can read it as Deku instead of Izuku, and Deku, as far as I know, uh, and I don't have great knowledge about what Japanese, about, you know, translation from to and from Japanese, but as far as I know, Deku roughly translates to useless or worthless. Yeah. Which is why Bakugo likes to use it to get his goat.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Bakugo, so the whole thing <laughs> that like inspired me to start delving into all this madness was I was I I was like having a dream, like a half dream, half awake, like one morning it was like seven AM and I woke up and I was thinking about like how Bakugo and uh, Yuri from Yuri and Ice have the same last name Katsuki. And I remember Hmm. when I was watching Yuri on Ice, katsuki means, like, victory. Um, One of the reasons why Yuri always eats katsudon is because it's the, like, pork of victory. Victory pork. So I was like, oh, so, like, victory. I wonder if bakugo means anything, because I didn't really know what it meant. Well, something that I picked up on when watching, like, the Japanese version of the show is every time somebody says, like, explosion or explode or whatever, they say bakugo. And... Bakugo means like to explode or detonate or whatever. So his name literally means like victory explosion. (laughs) I've
0: also heard that Baku is sort of the onomatopoeia for the sound an explosion makes. Really? Yeah. Like I didn't know that. If you were drawing a comic book and you had an explosion, you might write Baku. If you were, you know, a manga. That makes sense.
1: So yeah, I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, Some of the other characters later on in the series, there's like an invisible girl. Her name is Toru, which. The way to write that is, uh, it, it also means like invisible or clear. Um, Toru is a, like
0: one of my favorite side characters she, on this show.
1: She's ridiculous. And then there's a character that we will meet later on a uh, named Shoto. Um, pe- you've seen him in the intro. He's got the, the white and the red.
0: Listen, if you haven't watched My Hero Academia and you were part of a fan community that appreciates My Hero Academia, you know who this kid is.
1: Yes, exactly. He's like the third
0: most popular character in the show.
1: Dude, before I even started watching this show, I knew exactly who this character was and when I was going to meet him and exactly how his relationship is with Midoriya and the other characters. I was like, I know everything about him and I don't know anything about the show. <laughs> so, but his name is Shoto, which uses the kanji for freeze and burn. And that's an amazing
0: and it also unless is Tor, his last name is Todoroki his family Toto-Roki, name is Todoroki yeah. is that the one that is represented on the show with only a single kanji
1: I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. I meant to go look up like his last name to see if there was something about it. It was kind of hard finding these things because you'd ha- I have to go to like these weirdly obscure like blogs of mm. like people who speak Japanese and are like, "Let me break this down for you." And I'm like, "Oh, thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for." So I haven't looked too mo- too much into his last name, but I just thought it was funny that freeze and burn are within his first name because. Later on when they're coming up with temporary code names or whatever, he's just like, eh, I'm gonna use my name and they're like, Oh, you're gonna use your name, but it kinda works.
0: So. Yeah, it does kinda work. I didn't even know that. I thought he was just being like obstinate or whatever. Yeah, which he he might have. I just mean he been, is. He's kind of an obstinate it, little kid.
1: It still works. But yeah, some of the other things just um when I was reading up on just uh Kohe himself H- Horikoshi. So, well, I mentioned that he was really big into like Spider Man and stuff, and he liked to take inspiration from a lot of the Silver Age of comics, mm. which was from like 1956 to 1970. This was around the time where, <clears throat> after World War II, superhero comics really began to decline in their popularity because a lot of like horror and romance and like crime novels and stuff were popping up. Mm. But everybody started to think that was leading to more juvenile delinquency, so they set in place this thing called the Comics Code Authority to regulate content on comics, what? and that spurred a lot of new superhero types coming out. Now, this is comics Western Hero- comics, right? Yes. Okay. And so, that included, like, Justice League, the Fantastic Four issue number one, Spider-Man, and amongst the contributors was Stan Lee, um, and later on would come an artist named Todd McFarlane who was born in 1961 and he was very popular for his nineties attribution of the anti-hero spawn who very closely resembles somebody you will see later on in season two, uh, who has a similar, you know, Oh man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so like the, the nineties anti-hero, like had the crazy hair wild posture kind of tattered rags lots Holy of like shit. blades and pouches. yeah no you're drawing the connection now aren't you you know oh what i'm talking my about God, that's I'm crazy not, so yeah, is this
0: how just, you were feeling when you were reading about this oh my goodness yes it was
1: <laughs> i was sitting over at the coffee shop just like <gasps> i hope nobody's looking at me because my face is just like
0: <gasps> and then you what? have to explain i'm reading about anime
1: yeah, no, I was like, don't look over here right now, because I was just frantically writing notes in my sketchbook like, this is amazing. So, but, like, this, everything that has inspired the characters in this show, like, everything has a meaning to it, and it is so fantastic. Like, the the character that was inspired by Todd McFarlane's work, like, later on, oh my gosh, like, yeah, that is he's that amazing. Is dead up. I mean... It's incredible. And what, it.
0: What blows my mind so much about My Hero Academia is that Horikoshi keeps is, is sort of borrowing these tropes, right? He borrows the Spawn trope. He borrows the Superman trope. He borrows the Spider-Man trope. And he improves them.
1: Yes. Like every
0: single time. Like we were talking about All Might. I mentioned this to you on Facebook. Um, All Might is way more interesting than this character trope is ever made. Yeah, they, exactly. They, he's so much more relatable and so much more interesting as a character than Superman ever has been in my opinion. I mean, Superman's got a pretty interesting conflict about, you know, I'm an alien, but I live on Earth. This isn't really my home. You know, I'm I I can't I can't interact with this world because I'm too fucking strong and it sucks. But All Might's and that's interesting and I guess some people can find that relatable like if you're if you feel alienated or whatever. But All Might is Such a fucking fascinating inversion of that, where he's, everyone thinks he's powerful and everyone looks up to him and everyone, you know, he's the symbol of peace. But he's actually a a, a weak, frail, dying old man who is sometimes so cynical he forgets what he stands for.
1: Yeah. Which so, is okay. why Midoriya had to pull him out of it during the Sludge Monster <laughs> fight. Dude,
0: okay. It's just... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you while you were on No, no, out. no,
1: no. I, like... I, I'm at, like, a loss for words with just, like, how... How much thought went into developing these characters. And, like, I had no idea... Uh, some of the stuff that like I was reading today about where the inspiration came from, like mm-hmm. as I was reading it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Just, I I would tell anybody listening to this who loves the show and wants to learn more about it, just to like go online and like look for these things. Just like if you're interested in a character, just go look and see if you can find stuff about them because th- there's probably more to them, like there's even there's another character that we can introduce to who is very uh not related like in a, a family sense but just like very close to all might who has <laughs> the color <laughs> I palette you' talking about a color palette that matches a popular old American automobile and Coincidentally shares a name with that automobile. <laughs> and also like, a, oh Clint and, yes, a Clint Eastwood movie. And Clint get, get Off
0: My Lawns, you weird kids movies.
1: And also a a quirk that's that could be related to automobiles. It's just like, oh my god, everything about this is like fantastic. And I know that a lot of like Japanese um like manga and anime and just like they they do this thing a lot with like the names and then like referencing real life uh People or things like Bungo Stray Dogs—they reference a lot of like poets and authors and just historical figures like Edgar Allan Poe and Dazai Osamu. Um, they use Lovecraft, they use Sherlock Holmes, all of that. So, like this, it's not a new thing to do this, but the way that he's created these characters is vastly different from what you see in like Bungo Stray Dogs. Like it. Even though it has a, a lot of, like, what we've already seen in other shows mm-hmm. and, like, in especially in, like, Western culture with, like, all the superhero comics and all of that, it still feels like it's something new. Which oh, for sure. It Like, yes, we've seen Izuku's type of character hundreds of times, but not him like he's no he's he's totally unique he is deku and he
0: is like he's a standout and he it's a it's amazing to me because they are all built from the foundation of these like decades old tropes and archetypes
1: yeah Um, and they're just
0: being executed so excellently
1: and i i liked so from this episode also like near the beginning when it uh kind of recaps why all Might wants to give Deku his power. He said, you acted like a hero. And he talks about how he's been looking for a long time for somebody to take on this power, somebody who would be worthy of it, which is, I mean, it's important because you can't just half assed look for somebody who might end up using it for evil or who might well, no. use it carelessly or doesn't care about it. So...
0: Because he's, I mean, this is such a big deal. Like, we, we know this is a big deal in this episode, but further down the line... In season two, like, where we are now, oh my god, it's, like, it's such a huge deal. The the, the decision of who to pass one for all to is, like, world-changing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like, th- that kind of goes back to the message from, like, Spider-Man, like, you know, this is a big responsibility. It's a lot of power, so, like, it needs to be used wisely and he emphasizes that by being like you acted like a hero you were the one who jumped in when nobody else did like that is the kind of person i'm looking for because you're going to need to be able to do that
0: he <laughs> knew he knew he was going to die or or at least it, it didn't cross his mind how sure of a thing that was yeah cuz he's just and, a little kid if All Might hadn't been there him and bakugo probably would have died
1: yeah and is you know, as cynical of a person as I am in the real world, that act of altruism, like that is the symbol of peace that all for I'm sure. looking for. He's like, this this is what a hero needs to be, is the altruistic putting others first. It doesn't matter what fame and glory and attention I get from it. I am trying to rescue and help people. And that's something that like Hirokoshi really loved about like Spider Man as a hero too, was that he was looking out for other people. And he's like, I love that. That kind of thing is awesome to me. So I'm, I'm really glad that Deku has kind of like just held on to that personality trait and not, not been tainted by the world of fame and glory. And, he's such a and cool fucking character.
0: I love absurd. So I much. love that little dork. He's such a cool dude. He's just, <laughs> he's so nice and effusive all the fucking time. And, one one interesting inversion that I'm sure we'll talk about is is how he sort of his middle school life versus his high school life and his like social connections, the difference is drawn very, very starkly in this oh, show. Yes. We can get more specific about that later. Um did you have any more I had a few like little fun notes about some of their classmates' names.
1: Oh yeah. Go for it.
0: Like, for instance, one of their classmates and God, I'm I'm so I'm kind of wishy-washy on how we want to handle spoilers in the show. Like I don't think the names and quirks of some of the classmates we're going to meet in the next couple of episodes is too bad.
1: No, right? probably not.
0: Okay, so there's one one of their classmates and one of my favorite kids in class 1A, though I will probably you will probably hear me say that about every single kid in that class minus one. Horrible, awful garbage boy <laughs> who belongs in the toilet, who carries his own toilet around with him, apparently, based on his hero costume. Rotten okay.
1: grape juice.
0: Rotten grape juice. Nasty, nasty grape juice boy. Um, <laughs> th- one, of, <laughs> one of my many favorites from 1A is this smiley little fellow named Sero. And his quirk is that he shoots tape out of tape dispensers on his oh elbows. Oh my
1: god, <laughs> tape boy.
0: <laughs> and his name is Sero, and... Okay, we all know about the LR thing, right? Everybody knows about that. If you change that to cello, cello tape is a is a specific kind of, you know, like packaging tape that you would use to seal adhesive.
1: Cellophane. Cellophane.
0: Yeah. yeah. Then there's um Mina, Mina Ashido, whose quirk involves creating acid, and the word like the 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 closest phoneme of the word acid in English in Japanese is ashido, which is her Name?
1: What? I didn't even think about that.
0: And like, oh, God, there's even more. Like, um, I said there's even more, and then I paused for like ten whole seconds trying to think of. Well,
1: one. uh, Toki, what's his name? Tokiyami? Tokoyami, Fumikage. He, yeah, his name is stands for something like the the Lord of Darkness or like. His name God is of the dark or something. His name stands
0: out to me because like in early '90s anime, you would see pe- people with like with names like Fumikage. Like you know, sort of, yeah. sort of edge lordy kind of thing, and he is a total edge lord. By the oh way, my God. I love that little dude. I'm he sure is. there's a pun in Suyu's name somewhere. I just don't know what it is.
1: I can't believe I didn't like find um, Tenya Ida. Yeah, because Ida is on. a very
0: unusual name.
1: I'm sure that I will like by the next time I will have.
0: Well, I like, believe Ten means heaven that. or something like that.
1: I know I I'm fairly know.
0: certain about that from uh Dragon Ball Z and all the weird heaven references they do there. Ooh, um the the girl we met in this episode, Ochako Uraraka. So yes. this was a this was a really fun one. This one involves uh reading kanji to mean like so this one involves homonyms, right? Um so the first ura in her name is written as a homonym to the to the kanji that also can be read as gu. Um and the the Aka at the end of her name is a homonym for Abiti. Those three, ah, uh, Abiti, Good Abiti, Good abiti <laughs> is what you would read her name as yeah. if you were reading it as, as homonyms. Which of course is the is the phoneme closest to gravity in English. So there's a fun little thing there, which is why she uh, uh, why she picked the hero name she picked later on Gravity. So it's an even better pun in Japanese than it is in English. <laughs>
1: okay this this must just I I was looking up the name uh Ida, but as <laughs> as a surname it Shaogun. comes up as a surname instead of like instead of like his first name well no wait, it is it, it is would be surname. his surname yeah. surname it is, is his family name. name it's it means good rice patty <laughs> shh oh my god <laughs> that's so mundane he is a good rice patty
0: he is a good little rice patty <laughs>
1: Oh my God. My good there's little There's got to be more, patty. too. There's got to be more there, too. They're like, I don't, I feel like there's more than just a good rice patty, but maybe there's not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have to find Maybe out his, his
0: brother probably has, there's there's probably some stuff going on with his family, too, because there's other little gags. Because one of the things they mention is quirks get passed down families. Uh, Suyu is, her quirk is frog. She just, She just is a frog person. And her whole was her family dad has a frog that frog and her mom yeah, was person. All, it's super, super cute. There is a uh, mini episode that they put online only uh, before the release of the second season where they tell you a little bit about her family life. Oh my God, it's so cute. You need to watch it. She takes care of her brothers and sisters because her mom and dad work a lot. Oh, And they're all frogs. And the dad looks like he has a full-on frog face and body. He's just a big frog man.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, later on when we're finally introduced during these episodes to some of the big villains, I'll talk about their names more in mm.
0: depth. I would love to know more about their names because I remember at one point we were told someone believes that one of them is using a, a pseudonym, I think. I might be remembering that wrong.
1: Uh, Yeah, they, they do because they couldn't find him like his name anywhere as an actual person. So, uh Anohito. Uh sh-
0: just means that person. Just said that person in Japanese.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, wait, who's, uh, what's, "Who's
0: what's Who's Anohito?" That? God, yeah. if, if, if no, somewhere there will be a quirk where the guy who's like his quirk is no one remembers his name or face and his his hero name is Anohito. That probably
1: person. that'll be yeah, they'll be like he everybody forgets him after they see him. <laughs>
0: Meeting Class One B and the other kids at u a was legendary for me i don't know there's there's no way Ugh. for me to describe how much fun it was like the, what, <laughs>
1: what I can't wait until we get to that to to where we can talk about my precious boy. I would like my... to drop one <laughs>
0: class one b character please tell me he please is boy. a boy uh. <laughs> And his name, his he's a he's a his very name feisty, is spicy Rick boy. <laughs> and his name is Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Damn
1: it! You're not talking about the one I'm thinking.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh shit. No, I was thinking of my perfect boy who looks like. Oh he's... well, he's not in one B though. He's in.
1: No, he is in one B. No, he's in
0: the general studies class. He didn't even is get he? into the hero class.
1: Oh, okay. I thought that he was in one B. My bad. <laughs>
0: This is like... No, th- th- this dude owns, though. The g- the guy you're talking about? We can yes. Shinzo. It's Shinzo.
1: Shinzo. Rick Shinzo Sanchez owns. Jr.
0: <laughs> Purple Rick Sanchez.
1: Yeah. I swear to God, if, like, Bakugo and... No. 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 Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of, like... He looks like he would be Beetlejuice's son but with, like, purple hair.
0: <laughs> I fucking had that same exact thought. Like, this dude looks <laughs> like a Tim Burton character yeah, when I saw he him.
1: Yeah, I love him so much. Because
0: he's got, like, the bags under his eyes, too. Have you heard his voice in the English dub?
1: I think so. I've been watching him, too. It's amazing.
0: He sounds like this, kind of.
1: Yes, yes. Some
0: of these children sound like grizzled adults.
1: <laughs> Todoroki. Mm.
0: <laughs> uh, Todoroki, my father
1: yeah exactly like (sighs) oh my god maybe you should just go play a sad song in your room with all your lights off fuck dude (laughs) he just sounds so angry Todoroki's
0: a really big my chemical romance fan
1: I I would not I I I would not disagree with you there at all I mean I'm in his
0: room with him listening to Black Parade I mean I'm not not saying this is bad he's not
1: he's not okay no
0: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait till we start talking about that plot line. Season oh one God. is great. Season one's an amazing, amazing, amazing television show. Season two, you, you, the plot lines start to, you start to get character development on the other characters in the show.
1: And I love that they do that. I love that yeah. they they actually focus on like stuff having to do with all the characters and not just Deku.
0: Because Deku's amazing, but you slowly realize that everyone else in the show is amazing too. Yes. They all have super cool personalities. They're all individuals. It's very, very good. Would you say? Would you say My Hero Academia is a good anime?
1: I would say it's a fantastic. anime. I would say
0: it's a good anime. It's probably. I did a whole tweet storm about this last night where I was tweeting about how it might be my favorite TV show right now, probably one of the best that's just airing, like period. Yeah. Which is a big. I mean, that's a big. There's a. We're living in a very good time for television, but nothing makes me feel like this show makes me feel. Right. God, that makes that made me sound like a.
1: No, that's not really bad, dude. Every time that I feel like sad or I'm like I I feel down on myself, I will listen to this, or, like or, like watch an episode or listen to the soundtrack, and I'm like I'm gonna go like beat something up, but in a good way. I'm gonna just, I'm
0: gonna go beat up my uh my my insecurity.
1: My sad emotions are gonna go get wrecked.
0: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go beat up my own self loathing.
1: Exactly. I'm like what would All Might do?
0: <laughs> I was thinking when I first started the show about how it makes a decent metaphor for um living with mental illness and and the reason I I had that thought is because I kind of connected it to Deku's whole outlook in that he has he his whole reality is different from everyone else's and he has to work harder than them to sort of exist on the same level as them which is something that people with say anxiety or depression might be able to relate to because you know you 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 basically live in in a different reality than us normies out here and we can sort of understand it but like there's just a lot of extra behind the scenes stuff going on for for some folks and i think this is a good this does a a fairly passable job at making a metaphor about that
1: yeah it does because everybody's like you're all in a similar position but nobody is in exactly the same position as you. And nobody's mm-hmm. going to be.
0: And sometimes things are going to be tougher for you than they are for everyone else. And that's I mean that's just reality, man. This is a <laughs> this is just a very good We just got uh, super deep in this just, podcast. The message of the show is just really good though. I just and I I know we mentioned this in the last episode but I don't care cuz I I'm probably going to mention it in every episode. This show's message is fantastic. It is. Which is why it's such a great show.
1: This is one of those shows that is great for, like, the kid that, like, me as the kid who got picked on in middle school and then finally in high school was like, oh, I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm still a nerd, but I'm not, like, a nerd surrounded by people who hate nerds anymore. I'm with my people. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that's, like, how this show feels is, like, Deku is now amongst peers who are willing to support him because they all have, like, a similar goal and instead of, like, they're competing against one another... Because they all want to be man. heroes, but they're yeah. still like, man, like, you're really awesome. And he's I like, ca- you guys are awesome, too. And I'm like, yeah, that's the spirit.
0: I want to close on this because uh, we've been going for an hour. But th- the thought that I had last night that really was a big breakthrough for me is that this show is blending um, Eastern ideas and Western ideas in a big way. Like, th- the thesis of this program is very, very much a blend of... Eastern collectivism and Western individualism. And what a lot of anime, especially shonen anime in the past 20 years or so have gone for is a theme that says something to the effect of like, rely on your friends. Your friends give you strength. The relationships you form will help you in life. Whereas this shows version of that message is don't rely on your friends but well, rely on your friends sometimes, but it's more important to be the kind of person that your friends can rely on, and that's how you can improve society is by improving yourself. so it's this re- and the fact that it's a blend between East and West philosophy is met by the setting of the show in that it's a Japanese anime set in Japan based on the Western idea of superheroes and how superheroes have evolved through Western media. And comics and well so it's this great confluence of idea and execution and i guess that's why i've been talking for an hour about it
1: probably yeah i mean (laughs) i could go on even longer but we'll save it for next time
0: we'll save it for next time um just some housekeeping things thank you so much for listening to this dang program it's very fun to make i think i think this is a fun time uh so we're very grateful that you decided to listen uh, hopefully by the time you'll hear this, we have already set it up to run on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. So if you want to help out and you like this show, review us because that helps us get found by other viewers and maybe tell a friend. Cause I know, um, a lot of people out there like, uh, my hero academia and we want to spread the love. Absolutely. Uh, the intro music was recorded by, I, I'm so going to get this guy's name wrong. His YouTube user by the name of rich, rich odd EB, you can find him. On YouTube, you can hit him up on Patreon. He's a fantastic musician, Uh, does a lot of great videos, and he was very, very gracious to let us use his cover of You Say Run from the Hero, uh, Hero Academia soundtrack as the intro and outro. So thanks, Rich. And uh I'd like to thank my co-host, Emmy, for the amazing art she's done for our program.
1: Aww.
0: Do you want to do, do, like, a little self-promo? Um,
1: sure. Uh... I mean, I post most of my art and stuff just on my Instagram or Tumblr. I don't have a specific site set up for it. I just kind of do it in my free time. But if you want to check out uh, my Tumblr, don't laugh at it. It's an inside joke what my name is, but it's Crispy Lewis. (laughs) C-R-I-S-P-Y-L-E-W-I-S, Crispy Lewis. You did not mishear that. (laughs) Uh, I
0: feel like it's important. L-E-W-I-S, not L-O-U-I-S.
1: L-E-W-I-S. It is an inside joke about what Captain Crunch's (laughs) name was before he was Captain Crunch. It was Crispy Lewis. (laughs) It actually wasn't Crispy Lewis, but that's what we're saying. (laughs) 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 And uh, on Instagram, I am Domestic House Bat. So most of my stuff goes on both of those places. I am more active on Tumblr with reblogging, uh, my Hero Academia stuff, along with like Yuri and Ice, Mystic Messenger, other fandoms, to which I am a trash part of it, but I do a lot of fan art and post it up on there, so if you want to give me a follow, I'm usually putting things up, sketches, stuff, and then I will likely have prints available soon of those sketches and things.
0: I do two other podcasts. Uh, one is called Zen Kai Boost, and it's a Dragon Ball Z Kai recap show. And one is called Insanely Haunted, and it's a Ghost Adventures recap show. And if you, you haven't heard of it. Ghost Adventures, holy shit, I mean... Ghost I, bros. I pity you, and I'm also very excited for you that you get to, like, experience it for the first time. So so get out there and try some Ghost Adventures and then watch Insanely Haunted. Uh, and if you want to hear me making a lot more, like, fart and boner jokes, you, you should listen to Zenkai <laughs> Boost. Because Zenkai Boost, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai, is nowhere near as intellectually stimulating as My Hero Academia and we get to make a lot of very, very dumb jokes about it. Right on. You know, that's that's it. We're done. Anyway, bye. We're
1: going to do our, our outro? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I'm sorry. <gasps> uh, my na- my name is Max Newland. I'm Emily Lenders. Till next time, go beyond... Plus, plus Ultra! ultra.